0: How are my levels? Arthur, Can I, your levels are great. Can I ask you for a favor? Yeah. I'm going to do the introduction, and then I'm just going to say a bunch of things, and I just want you <laughs> to say, yeah, that's it.
1: Uh, Sure. Do you want right, me to say it like go. like sarcastically? No, 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 or? No,
0: no, no. I'm going to be asking <laughs> you a question. I just want you to say, yeah, that's it. Okay, I'll say it. Okay. Now, now, let me get this straight. You're a successful but bored insurance salesman who met a woman stuck in an unhappy marriage and now the two of you are planning to kill the woman's husband and get the life insurance money? Yeah, that's that's it. Now that's what I call a double indemnity! It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. <laughs> Welcome to our show where FreeRise analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I love how our openings are getting more surreal. I'm Arthur. And I'm looking up double indemnity. I mean, I'm Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie. Old movie. What does it mean? I had a dream. God came to me and said, make a double indemnity joke. And I said, whoa.
2: And this film noir insurance salesman, Fred McMurray, gets roped into a murderous scheme when he falls for sensual Phyllis Dietrichson, in, who's intent on killing her husband and living off the fraudulent accidental death.
0: Oh, okay. All right. And our guest today is a cosplayer, video essayist, anime correspondent to the Struggle Social Podcast, and she also works at a zoo, which is the coolest job ever. So please welcome to the show, Emma.
3: Hello. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for coming. Pleasure to have you here. And like we said, we are huge animal fans, (laughs) except for one animal. Cats. I mean, I don't dislike that animal. I just dislike that animal in the show. Love cats over here, though. mm, I'm allergic to cats.
2: It's not a pod position.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Right off the bat, welcome to Panda Talk. No, yeah. yeah, welcome. All right, <laughs> let's get this but done. This time, I don't know if there was any panda in the episode. There wasn't. But, no. Like, what are your thoughts on real, actual pandas, Emma?
3: Wow, they're really interesting. So culturally, they've kind of become this thing where we. We kind of himbofy fy them. Um, you get a bunch of drunk white girls, like, loudly proclaiming they're like their spirit animal. Um, <laughs> like, but if you ask someone, what do you know about a panda? People are like, they're cute. I find pandas themselves to be kind of interesting animals. Despite their huge popularity, we only have about 40 years worth of data on them. Pandas were not being studied until about 1980.
2: Yeah, we don't wow. know that it, actually every 50 <laughs> years, pandas turn into some. Else <laughs> get wings They get wings. Okay. <laughs> I,
1: I remember reading somewhere that like actual pandas are bears that like wandered into a bamboo forest and. <laughs> Like, get in order to, like in order to survive, <laughs> their metabolism slowed way, way down because all they eat is like wood.
3: <laughs> yeah, that is one of the theories. Uh, bamboo's a grass. I love sharing that. That's like my dumb. I know nothing about horticulture, but that's like my dumb fact I like sharing. I'm like, did oh. you know bamboo's a grass? People are like, whoa. Yeah. So one of the big theories is that pandas, because dental and uh digestively, they are omnivorous animals. They're probably more akin to us than herbivores. And one of the big theories is a couple of million years ago, they started eating bamboo, possibly due to like a mass famine in the region. And it was the only thing around. And it just sort of <laughs> became a habit of theirs.
2: I just like is, the idea that they're confused bears. There's like an article that's like, maybe we should just <laughs> let panda bears become extinct. It was like a thought piece.
3: (laughs) I've heard this a lot. And my argument is pandas in the wild before like humans did things were fine. Oh, the female only goes in estrus three days a year and they live separately. So it takes the male a while to find like the female. That's like common, cause it's a big, it's a bear. You don't want like having like twenty baby bear cubs from like a mother constantly. Um, mm. They're a big threat to going the population going down is um, habitat fragmentation. So right. if you're a male panda and you want to smash and you leave your habitat to find a nice lady friend, and there's a village or a freeway or a factory in the middle, you're not going to leave your habitat and pass on your genetics. That's one of the big reasons their population drops so low. Hmm. And then, of course, the big one, everyone's like, oh, but like in human care, like they can't fuck. And what we've kind of learned is in the wild, there's more competition. If a female's in heat, a bunch of male pandas kind of show up, and like the Chad Panda basically like drives the other ones off, essentially, and he gets mating <laughs> rights. But in zoos, the female doesn't really have her pick, and she might get stuck with kind of a more uh, a beta male, if you will. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and we think that's what's causing them difficulties in reproducing. So, no, I've heard that, like, why are we wasting resources on this animal that, like, you know, can't put a proverbial, um, you know, peg into a proverbial hole? But I think we as a society are, are a little harsh No, I disagree with pandas. it. Yeah, no, I disagree. <laughs> yeah, I was no, like, no, come that's on. That's a little
1: heartless. <laughs> like, I couldn't,
2: like, the whole it's article, really, is was, like, laughing. It's a misunderstanding of
1: why... <laughs> It's like we destroyed his habitat and they're like, why is it so bad at surviving? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay, let's talk real quick about our favorite oh beta cup God. panda, the panda from Full Mental Alchemist. Xiaomi. Uh, what do you what's your opinion on him? Her. 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 Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. She's she's still a beta.
3: No, Xiao is cute in any accredited zoological institution. Xiaomi definitely would not have been given what we call a breeding recommendation. Those uh She's too small and puny. Those but why genetics not? are not because then we could have a bunch of little ones. No, I know, but is that is that fair? That's the whole thing. People always ask, like, to do the me- white tigers? But no, that that's like that's how you get like pugs and weird inbred dogs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not making a good argument. <laughs> <laughs>
3: No, I feel like Xiao Mei's purpose is best suited to be an animal ambassador to her species. Oh,
0: yeah. She's mm. great.
3: That's a very nice way in the zoo world of saying her genetics are not viable. <laughs> yes.
0: I'll take that as a victory for my side. I'll take that as a victory for the anti-panda <laughs> Boy, side. Boy, if I had when a nickname. I'm them.
3: not anti-pandas as an
0: animal, I might anti-that panda.
1: All right, well, that concludes this episode of Panda
0: Talk, colon, Call of the Wild. <laughs> this was the earliest edition of Panda Talk. Well, let's get into the episode. And Emma, let's get started by asking the question we always ask. We never have a brand new guest, which is, how did you get started with Metal Alchemist? How did you first uh, watch it?
3: I'm old, just to preemphasize we that. All are. So, yes. Don't worry okay, about cool. Just making sure. I Like, some get on podcasts and there's, like, some little, like, 19-year-old. I'm like, no. uh. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. I was living in Santa Monica at the time, and I had another wee roommate who, who was getting into it. And I ended up like torrenting it and watching the 2003 one. And it was just the thing people were into back then. Like 2003 Full Metal Alchemist was huge, which is surprising. This is before streaming service and stuff, it was a little more limited what went up on Toonami, but it just got huge by way of mouth and um, just slightly dubious um, <laughs> ways of watching anime back then. And I was really hardcore into it. And I remember being like the anime's kind of the ending was sort of lackluster because they'd run out of stuff to do. And they kind of were trying to write this weird story. Then in 2009, someone was like, oh, they're making a new one. And I was like, well, that's bullshit because I don't want another dumbass ending. And they were like, no, no, no. This time it's going to be true to the manga because they're work- able to work with the mangaka. So I rewatched it and remembered enjoying it. And then I kind of fell out of it for a while. And then I don't know if we'll get into this in a little more detail. But then a couple things last year kind of spurred me into rereading it. And as a very left-leaning adult now, I was like, I like this a lot. And I have some thoughts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like that also was my point of view about rewatching Foo Metal Alchemist. We've all been radicalized now. So, yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: on the other I side can, of that. I love The Lord of the Rings, but you know, reading that as an older, more informed person, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. There's
3: I feel that way out- about, uh, about Redwall. Oh wow, oh, really? don't tell
2: me that. That's yeah. oh,
3: No, because like Brian Jakes is like inherently these species are very evil and there's nothing you can do about mm. them. They're just inherently evil animals. The rats? You know, yeah, things that are up. like are like rat. little anime personas. So things like you like as a teenager like foxes and ferrets, he's like nope, inherently evil. If you look at their brain pan and you measure it, you will see there's a mm. large crevice that is reserved for evil
1: damn <laughs> it's like like rodent phrenology
3: phurnology <laughs> <For> uh, <nice. laughs>
0: recently as in recently when we we're recording this you just put out a video called for metal alchemist your comfort character did a war crime Where well, you talk a lot about that and there's something you said in your video which by the way is great and everyone should watch we're gonna put a link up to it thank you you said i know that i'm putting a lot of pressure on the baby anime to stand up to the powers that be but The thing I always found fascinating about Fullmetal Alchemist is that whenever we sit down and like, okay, let's actually think about what's going on in this show. Fullmetal Alchemist is one of the few stories where that seems intentional.
3: Yes, thank you. No, that was my big thing too, which is clearly the author really is like, this is my statement and I want to be really like triumphant in what I'm trying to say about these things. And then, yeah, there's there's some holes and a little bit of bed shitting. I mean, not say bed shitting, it's some bed sharding, I would say, to, <laughs> oh, be, I, to be nice. That's,
2: that's a well put, I totally agree with that. There is some bed sharding here. <laughs> there, like there's some like, <laughs> oh.
3: Because no, no, I agree because I'm not going to like <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't make a video on Naruto. I might. I have I have many thoughts, but um, I wouldn't go into Naruto the same thing. I wouldn't be like actually Hidden Leaf Village is bad because they use child soldiers like that's not my M.O. I'm not interested in making videos like that. You know what I mean?
0: I recently saw an interview with a Doctor Who writer and here's how I put Doctor Who into it because I do that in every episode. I recently saw an interview with a Doctor Who writer and he said the worst thing any story could do is be boring and that if a story does something and it doesn't work criticize it definitely but recognize that at least an attempt was made i complain a lot about metal alchemist but i really want to be sure that people understand that i'm not saying you shouldn't do this I'm actually glad that Fullmetal Alchemist tried because the alternative was just to be another boring like shonen that does the same stuff every single time. Michelle is glad you tried, so congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have that passed. Yeah. Well, let's get into this week's episode, which is Beyond the Inferno. It was directed by Kurosato, who directed seven episodes total, including The Promised Day, Family Portrait, and one more after this. And it was written by Shotaro Suga, who wrote 11 episodes total, including open in the Tunnel, Signs of a Counter-Offensive, Amongst other. This is unfortunately their last episode. So shoot out the cannon. Last <laughs> <best> episode. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> salute. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for a recap. This is the moment in the podcast where one of us will do a 21 second improvised recap of this week's episode. And that person will be decided by the roll of a dice. If he lands on one, it's me. If he lands on two, it's Arthur. If it lands on three, it's Mike. And if he lands on four, it's our guest, Emma. So let's roll the dice. Please not two. Arthur has been going for the past <laughs> 15 episodes. I'm actually ready episodes. this time because I just know
1: it's if free. I'm ready. Oh, thank God. I knew that if I was actually prepared, it wouldn't land on me. No
2: big deal. I'm not prepared. It's Mike. But <laughs> I can do it. You ready? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Wait, how does it start? Good luck. Three. Yeah. yeah two. Yeah. Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. One. huh. go. <laughs> okay, so it turns out roy is actually envy and then envy's like "Ah, i'm gonna kill you and then roy is gonna kill envy and then it's like don't kill even though we all came here to kill him don't kill him even though that's what we came here to do don't and everyone's like yeah that makes a lot of sense and they have sort of a weird sort of an argument but then it's like you know they all agree like yeah but we're friends you know and then he pulls the stone out of his body and then we um, right. <laughs> check out what's going on with the Armstrongs. And then they're like, hey, let's let's kill the bad guys. And everyone's like, but you're the bad guys. And they're like, come on, let's help kill the bad guys. And they're like, OK, and that's what happened.
0: <laughs> well, you went out, you went past it, but you finish it. So that's good. That oh, That's what matters. You I, I, there's it. a
2: post credit scene, I guess. I a mean, teacher shows up. Right. And we also see like Van Hohenheim is like confronting father, I guess.
0: I often feel like the show... The show's plot and the show's credits are on two different (laughs) time streams. Like, the show's plot is like, no, no, I have more scenes. And the credits are like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go out there because there's two minutes to go. (laughs) There's this scene happening. And the credits are literally rolling side by side. Yeah, I was like, is this,
2: is this,
0: (laughs) we got to put the credits in here. I don't care. Is this a fever
2: dream or is this happening?
0: (laughs) Right. I want to start off by apologizing to Emma because Emma in her video says that she really likes this scene. When Envy dies.
3: I do. I Me
0: too. do. It rules. Me too. Like, I, I like it too. I, <laughs> I, here's what I'll say. I'm 100% with you. Even
2: though I made fun of it in the recap. like I I, I like down. that scene. I dislike
0: everything leading up to it. No. Really?
3: I yes. It's one of my like moments I like because... So there's this part where we're like little little Envy and um, I have the dub. It just helps me focus a little bit more. And the voice actress is so good as Envy. Like,
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh,
3: just like one of the best jobs um, in the dub. And there's this moment and Envy's just like, Roy did a genocide. Hawkeye did a genocide. Scar killed like, you know, doctors about borders. Ed, you just kind of suck. Like Envy's trying to egg everyone on. Envy's like, you can't all be friends, you know? Like you're all gonna be friends, it won't last. And a lot of anime loves to fucking monologue and you know, and I mean, and to be fair, Malcolm I think does this like an hour later, they're like, that's okay, we have people who care about us or something. And my favorite thing is Envy's just like screaming at every awful thing like these people have done and they're quiet. Mm-hmm. And I really loved that because I think for me, at least how I read it was they were like, this doesn't mean we're all gonna be friends. It just means like, you know, it's like, what's next? We don't know. But maybe like killing each other left and right isn't a good way to resolve these things anymore. And that's one of my favorite scenes of like Envy just like screaming and just trying to like egg them on to like to start killing each other again. And there's this quietness of these like people who have just, I don't know. They're just like, this is that quietness that really gets to me. And I love that part. (laughs) I love the quietness.
0: (laughs) Don't disagree with you. I think Envy's death is really great. My problem is with everything that leads up to it. As you said in your video, FMA's big theme, one of its big themes, is the cycle of violence. And what we as people, as individuals, can do to stop the cycle of violence. I personally don't think it applies here because Envy is a character that's painted in such cartoonishly broad strokes. But at the same time, the person on the other end of the the revenge scale, Roy... The show is framing this as, like, the moral downfall of Roy. If Roy kills this guy, he's never going to come back from it. And I'm like, this fucker is a mass murderer. <laughs> it's like, you want me to feel like this is such an important moment for him? When we you've shown him killing people and killing women and killing children okay, and being you like you know what Michelle <laughs> then, then
2: Scar is also a mass murderer he's a terrorist yeah but you know. Scar
0: is not the one but here's the difference Here again and here is the key difference Scar is revenge against the people of Amestris he's not killing like Monopoly guy because Monopoly guy fucking punched <laughs> him in the, fa- in the nuts you mean he's the kill- Comanche silver yeah alchemist? Comanche silver guy he's killing Monopoly guy because Monopoly guy is a tool of a state that he hates that's the reason why he wants to kill Ed It all comes down, you know, it's interesting that I
2: mentioned Lord of the Rings earlier, because we have to talk about how, you know, Bilbo didn't kill Gollum when he had the chance. You know, I think this wasn't really about... I
0: have no idea what you (laughs) mean.
2: Because he looks down at this pitiful creature, he wants to kill him, he has been, you know, he has every reason to kill him. There's obviously, like, look, I kind of think pragmatically, logically, if we're actually there, yeah, I think you kill him, because that's what you came here to do, but... But I think what the show is trying to say and what they're trying... Are you talking about Frodo or... Just follow me here. Roy didn't... No, hold on.
1: No, what you're saying doesn't make any sense in the context of Lord of the Rings.
2: (laughs) Well, the context of Lord of the Rings is, is that it's how you begin what you're trying to do. Like, Bilbo began his ownership of the ring with pity. And that made a huge difference in who he became and how the ring affected him, right? how this war criminal is going to transition into becoming uh, someone who is uh, a head of a state and not repeat the mistakes of the past. You know, like, it's all about how he would begin that. And the way he's doing it is he's trying to do a coup where as few people die as possible. Part of his whole, like, I'm going to change things rant if it's to be believed. And I know you don't believe it whatsoever, but if it's to be believed, part of that is don't kill this harmless creature right in front of you. You know, like or don't.
3: at least the thing for me, what I got is I think it's less about Roy being like, I want to, like, kill this, like, evil creature because this evil creature's fucking out of control and is just going to, like, murder people left and right. Um, but Roy's literally torturing him. Like, Roy keeps, like, burning yeah. out his eyeballs and he regenerates his eyeballs and Roy, like, burns them again. And, I mean, agree or disagree, because, I mean, he's a little creepy monster.
2: You feel bad for him. The,
3: the anime is framing it like roy's going too far he's not acting justice he's acting vengeance uh-huh. and even hawkeye comes up and, and hawkeye's basically like look like i'll kill him <laughs> and then I'll fucking kill myself because Hawkeye has like major issues that the anime never wants to address no, no but they okay. did though um, I've
2: never even knew I didn't even know that that is so hot that on the, her back is where the flame alchemy secrets <laughs> come from that's so fucking hot Hawkeye so I, cool. no, I rewatched
3: the show and I was like Hawkeye has the most Floridian woman in her 20s energy I have well, maybe ever seen like in her. an anime <laughs> character <laughs> no she has the Florida haircut like she has like 50 guns she has like a half ass tattoo like you <laughs> you know she would like walk down the street in like a pair of yoga pants and like a t-shirt that says like at first coffee or something <laughs> like <laughs> she's major floridian energy
1: we had the flashback already right where hawkeye's father gives mustang the secrets or something but we never saw that it was on her
3: back i'm gonna nerd out because like i had to watch like all the episodes to do my video in um, the Ishval episode there's a a sexy shower scene because it's an anime and you see that she has the the tattoo on her back we just don't know why it was burned Okay. and this episode she's like I don't know it's a little kinky she's like I want you to deface me colonel deface my back (laughs) colonel (laughs) you have to blow up my back walls
2: to prevent alchemy (laughs) like she's tied up in, in his guilt for what he's done you know what I mean like she gave him the ability to do it. I think that is that ties them together right. in a really sick but cool way yeah. and it makes complete and, and sense she's why done,
1: she's done terrible things too. She's like sniped mm. civilians and whatever. It's like she can't be mad at Mustang because she's just as culpable and in a way it's like how can you be mad at people within a system? It's like she wants to destroy the technology itself because it's inevitable that it will be used.
2: But it's just so cool. Like it makes sense why she would feel so passionate about him not torturing this little thing, you know, with the exact thing that she gave him. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. And there's another dimension to it, which I remembered this episode, and that's that Roy asked Hawkeye to kill him if he strays too far from the path on his way to become Fuhrer. And so when she's threatening to shoot him in this scene, oh wow. It's not just like I can't bear to see you fall into vengeance mode. It's, I'm gonna fulfill my promise to you and kill you to prevent like a lesser, crueler version of you or more like a regressively cruel version of you to lead this country. Totally. Because like you and I both knew that this was a risk for you. And then I'm gonna kill myself after I kill you because there's nothing, <laughs> my purpose is tied <laughs> to yours. Uh, I think that's awesome. So, I thought that was awesome. I thought that scene was really cool, especially with that background. Um, As a Hawkeye Roy scene, it was great. I wish I could go back and give last episode a worse rating so that I could give this one a better rating. Because I feel like this one did what last episode struggled to
0: do way better. (laughs)
2: Don't worry, I've got you you
3: covered. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
0: Here's the thing. If her mission was, hey, I'm going to shoot you whenever you stray off the path of what would be considered a good leader... Hot take should have shot him right after the war because <laughs> I, know, Michelle, I don't, Michelle, know, about hey, you, hey, I don't know about you guys, but I like my leaders, not baby killers. Look, so, Michelle, look. here's what I have to say you Pobody's live in a fantasy nerficked. world, you live in a fantasy world. I live in a Pobody's fantasy p- world, nobody's
1: nerfed. Nobody's <laughs> nerfing. Nobody's <laughs> nerfed. Sometimes we just kill a baby or two.
3: That's why God invented erasers. And that's why Roy Rustering <laughs> wants to be fearers. He said, look. That's why God invented erasers. I'm sorry I killed all those babies. Just, just put me in charge.
0: Every year on the on the anniversary of the Ishmael War, Roy posts a picture of him on a sunset, like thinking about all those kids I killed, Look. Really sad. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag regret. <laughs>
2: like what? But just like what would you prefer, Roy do? Would you prefer? Would you prefer? To what have would like, I prefer, Roy do? Would you There's prefer a to have like where he like, takes he... a
0: gun and puts it all the way up his butt? <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, what do you want? What do you ask? What do I for? want? What I want is you, if you want to have you a, Roy Roy have a character. character. Roy's entire arc assumes that the problem comes down to individuals. What I would like to do, I would very much like it if the if Roy's arc was like. I want to dismantle the system of masters. I don't think there should be an masters because, to be honest, if, we, if you do a genocide, you don't get a second chance at being a country, you know? And, <laughs> well, maybe, then, it's uh, just, okay. and maybe it's just...
2: <laughs> that, that is a larger theoretical criticism of, like, a huge sort of worldview take yeah, on... Yeah, well, like I think we're just... I don't
0: think think it's something. Something. Can I, I can please say anything? something? No, you yeah. can, yeah. Arthur. This is just us. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to say, Arthur? Thank you. <laughs>
1: I think we're conflating, uh, really all of us as a group, we're conflating so many things right now. One of them is the debate of Roy's character within this work of art. Two is the intentionality of an author creating a work of art and how we feel the author thinks that we're supposed to feel about war crimes that happened in their media. The third thing we're talking about is is, like, the ethics of war crimes in general and, like, geopolitical machinations after things like the Holocaust happened. So, I don't know. I I think all three of those are really... Big conversations.
3: We're all we're always gonna read too much into the baby anime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I said, it wasn't Arakawa's intent, so I didn't bring it up. But rereading it, especially right now with what's going on in Palestine, I was like, holy fucking shit. I don't think it's wrong to have a show aimed at young children or, you know, young adults and address heavy themes of genocide. I think that's I think that's interesting. I think that's, you know, neat to introduce in this stuff. But I think as an adult where we're witnessing all these horrific things things, it becomes trickier, I think, to um, just do authorial intent with Full Metal Alchemist because you watch all those things and then you're watching this baby anime about genocide and that's just where your brain goes based on these experiences that we're living through.
2: So in Michelle's version of the show, there is no Roy and it's a much less interesting, more boring show.
3: Oh no, don't threaten
2: me with a good time.
3: <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I'd say um, there are interesting characters in the show for sure. And even like I said, like um, I bring up Marco a lot in my video because for me i found marco really interesting where he had this really like whole complex like arc um in terms of what he's done and how he makes amends for it um scar too that's a big reason i made the video i was like this is a really interesting complex Disagree character. with that
2: i think scar has the teeth got the teeth knocked out of him at some point like he's just there now for me like he oh, used to so, be really oh,
1: cool I had, I had something about scar this episode as a Convenient way to move on. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you know why you're never going to come. I
1: have something you <laughs> want to say. <laughs> no, say
0: Scar. Say it. No, I'm sorry, Do I got to put this out there. <laughs> Does Mike challenge me? This is a writer's challenge. Start the music. Mustang becomes greed because Mustang really wants to be fear, and as he's take, being taken over by greed, there is a moment where he meets many of the souls that he killed or became stones within Ishval and he comes really face to face with the consequences of his actions and is filled with such immense regret that the only thing left for him to do is to destroy father's plan from the inside and throughout it he loses a lot of people but in the end while he's still dethroned and he's still defanged and he still loses so much of what he treasures he has done amends for what he's done and he can finally peacefully say that i have not corrected, but at least repented for my sins as opposed to being like when I'm here, I'm gonna put myself in prison It's fixed. <laughs> well, All I right, do like I, I think, do like I that. think that's a. Huh? <laughs> I think that's really good. I think good. that's a legit alt thing I think yeah, that sounds oh, cool. That's really smart. You come at the game, you best not miss <laughs> ah,
2: ooh. Well, you're still like you're still like dead wrong, but okay arthur go ahead. <laughs> anyway, um
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I think, okay. No, I agree with Mike that I think Scar lost some momentum, and I think it's because he got his redemption too early. It was like, yeah, but I'm not that guy anymore. And we're like, what did that for you? And he's like, oh, no, it just stopped. It was Winry who did that for him. You're right. It was Winry who showed him there was a different way. You're right. It felt a little bit easy to me, and I think that somewhere around this episode would have been a really interesting part for Scar to have his final like wrestling with that because what better way to Mm. like finally tempt him with his revenge arc than envy making these appeals to people like that i think is like a final test for scar it's like i could turn around and start attacking ed and mustang and blah blah and I choose not to. I think in some ways that that would have been a c- cool place to do that.
3: There, I don't want to spoil anything because I know some people here have not watched it. There, there's there's more episodes of the show, and I mean he kind of has his own thing. Like he's kind of like you don't want to be like me. And like I said, he's general a quiet character, and he doesn't have a lot of. I mean he does have some focal points, but he's really like quiet. And there's not a lot of external monologuing, and he doesn't talk too much, even when he's made friends with you know um, Yoki and like uh, May. You know he's just. A quiet dude.
0: You want to talk about Scar not doing anything? Here's my question. Where's May? May was with them last
2: episode. Where did <laughs> I she go? about
3: that. Like, where the hell is Let's
0: me? talk about Envy's
2: death. Wanna I say love about that That he ripped the stone out of his mouth. I love it. Mouth.
3: He died out of spite. Yes, that's so <laughs> yeah.
2: good. So, so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Them ripping this st- It's so, oh, so am.
1: pathetic. And you're right. The dub, the voice acting is so good.
2: I'm going to go back uh, and listen to I that. I
1: thought it was... I thought it was really affecting, specifically Envy dying.
3: Also, my thing too is it's the perfect death for Envy because yeah maybe they could have made it so it's framed so roy killing him is you know more of a justice and less of a rageful man taking revenge and no they had envy just in such rage you know rage these people had been able to basically be the bigger persons you know mm-hmm. and put their emotions and their legitimate and like honest to goodness like you know problems of each other aside and envy can't handle that. It's the opposite of Hedda Gebler. Hedda Gebbler kills herself at the end of that play because she can't live life in a patriarchal society anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like the opposite of that. Envy cannot live in a society where people might objectively be good to one another. You, you yeah. just, die. you just
2: made that scene better actually. And I already Thank liked you. it. That was really great. <laughs> That's yeah. <was> really cool. <laughs> another
1: kind of fun thing I wanted to mention is that, one, the irony that Envy always calls Ed Pip Squeak and is now oh. literally the most pip squeaky pip squeak yeah. that's ever squeaked. Um, <laughs> pip the squeak. I got the sense that Envy had a little crush on Ed at the end of this. Oh. Did anyone get that?
2: Goodbye, Ed.
1: <laughs> like, Ed is the one that Envy says goodbye to. It was like, it had to be you, didn't it? Like, Aww. it's like that humiliation, like seeing Ed standing over them. Like that was the final. Maybe
2: he was jealous of him. straw. Mm. Jealous Definitely jealous. The way father, you know, was interested in him. And, you know, he's like this hero and everyone, you know what I mean? Like, I get Yeah, it. jealous,
1: jealous mm. of the friendship. I mean, that's the most anime thing ever. He's got it. cool. <laughs> he's like, got cool hair. He's got jealous cool of you. Oh, humans have friends. That's cape. the thing that makes them human. <laughs> I'm so jealous, but... Metal arm. um, But, you know, it worked. (laughs) Tropes
0: are tropes because they work. I'm going to save what you just said, Arthur, for later, and you'll see why. Okay. Interesting. No, it it will take a while for this to pay off. It'll take about a year.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. A year? I've been waiting so long for the Armstrong kids to not be mad at each other anymore and love each other and fight together, and I'm so happy.
1: Yeah. Well, that that (laughs) was one of the things I liked about last episode, which was a little rockier, but... This episode, I had the biggest <laughs> grin on my face when Armstrong gets his arm locked back into place.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> my incredible out <ultimate> and strength. <laughs>
3: Here's my big thing going back into like, I yeah. guess, character arcs and stuff, which is no, I agree. Like arm both the Armstrongs are really fun characters. Like I like them. I like them taking down sloth. My big thing is always kind of this in terms of character arcs, where the big thing that gets said throughout the series is like, Major Armstrong is a coward. And of course, obviously, he has what they would have called back in that timeline, like shell shock, basically. But they're like, he's he's a coward and his sister is like, you're a sniveling coward. And it's sort of his thing. They're like, this guy... Was a coward during the war, and he's he's disgraced, and then he like fights sloth. But for me, the problem was always we as the audience of like always known that he wasn't a coward. It's not that he he didn't break down in war because he was scared. He broke down in war because like kids kept dying left and right because and he's he couldn't kind. handle that.
2: He's so kind. He's, he's kind. So, no, yeah.
3: he's kind. So for me, like it's rewarding to watch him fight sloth. But it doesn't really fit this arc because the arc seems to imply that, like, now that he's fought Sloth, he's no longer a, a craven or a yellow-bellied or whatever, you know, they, they called him back then.
2: <laughs> I wanted for their redemption for the brother-sisters, like, I wanted it to be that someone would make Olivier do something that she couldn't do. Ask her to do something that she herself was unable to follow in order, you know? And then have her have to commiserate with her brother and forgive him because she also couldn't, you know what I mean? Like... I think that would have been a stronger way to bring those two back together, but I will take this. <laughs>
0: well, will- you know what, you know what, Mike? <laughs> if, you, if you had it your way, it would be less interesting even more boring. Actually,
2: <laughs> it would be more interesting, but I agree that like the way Arthur is framing it is the way I kind of see it too. It's like, well, now they're cool because... <laughs> <laughs> they're on the same team or i don't know let's just deal with it yeah no i mean there's, there's probably deeper
1: ways to do it but big strong guy gets arm fixed works uh, made works. me smile
2: and i love that the way he talks he's you know he's like my alchemy yeah, and my, my strength
1: my, the subtitles were even better this time because it was like my magnificent muscles
2: combined with my magnificent artistic mind like, <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't have a monologue like that going on every now and then? No,
3: who, who doesn't root for like a jacked as fuck, like kind of foppish dandy yes, to beat the yeah. floor, to wipe the floor with an evil like homunculus there creature? There is
2: literally no character I want to exist in real life more, including the panda.
3: <laughs> like,
2: and that's saying something. And that's saying something. Oh, the te- teacher's back, I guess. Teacher's back. <laughs> Where was she? They had to dig a tunnel. Oh, that's right. They mentioned it. They mentioned it. Yeah. Strongest, least toxic couple in Full Metal.
3: I I love her and her husband. I don't know. Like, my partner is like a big bearded guy. um, And (laughs) and I don't know. So whenever I see him, and I love him because he's not very talkative, but like they clearly have a really healthy relationship. They're, They're partners, you know. They're partners. Um, so anytime I, I see uh, Sig, I believe is his name. Yeah. Anytime I see like Sig, you know, I just see like Leonardo DiCaprio point meme. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> the
1: dude. All right, everybody. It's time <laughs> for guest, Forest Positivity Garden. <laughs> Michelle, the gate is open. Would you please step into the garden? Sure. <laughs> Welcome. Now, to exit the forced positivity garden, you have to say one thing that you liked about this episode.
0: I liked when Roy said he took the easy way out and killed himself. What a coward. That's cheating. <laughs> That's <is> cheating. <laughs> judge? Uh, no, I don't think so. That's very <laughs> funny, but you're still trapped in the garden. Who are you to judge how I get my positivity or not? <laughs> I'm the resident flower of the positivity garden. Oh, you're gonna tell me that something bad's gonna happen if I don't say something positive? Is that it? Really?
1: My grass oh, has turned to swamp, and all the flowers smell really? real bad now. <laughs> all Michelle had to do was say one nice thing just one about the anime that he purportedly loves. Uh,
0: what is it with you guys and like mindlessly loving everything. Why can't I criticize the things (laughs) I love? And by the way, all right, fine, fine, whatever. (laughs) I liked Envy's death. What about it? What about it did you like? (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit more. I liked the way he died and I thought it was deep, poignant, dramatic moment. Does that count? Cool.
1: (laughs) The garden is back. It's blooming and there's like centaurs prancing around and shit. (laughs) Oh, Everything is lush and beautiful.
0: You've saved us. Thank you, Michelle. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, God. I'm part (laughs) lion. Mike, it's time for you to go out into the bed and to find the inner truth within yourself because now it's time for Mikey at the bed. This is the moment in the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in next week's episode using only the title and the thumbnail of said episode. Mike, will you please describe to us a thumbnail for next week's episode, which is called "The Adult's Way of Life." The Adult's Way of Life. Okay, so we got teacher's husband. Sig. Um,
2: what? Sig. 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 Sig.
0: Like sig sig. Like I'm
2: saying cigarette and stop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sig and. Uh, Mr. Armstrong over here, uh, they're like, you know, looking at each other. It's like, are we going to fight? Probably right before they bro down. So uh, obviously they're going to be friends. I mean, they're on the same side here. You know what I mean? Teacher's going to be like, no, this is like a bigger thing. We need to go towards the center of Central or whatever. Like they'll agree, but they don't really they're not involved in the
0: whole meta thing. They're just like soldiers, but they're going to do that. I don't know. We'll see. Now that Mike has given his prediction, <laughs> it's time for us to grade this episode on a scale from one to five stars. I'm going to get things started by saying I am giving this a four star rating. This was so close
1: to a five star that I'm probably just give it a five. (laughs) I don't know. There's like a spectrum of five star episodes now, but I didn't like it as much as my favorite five star episodes. But I think it's one of those that did everything it set out to do. And it did it really quite well and really cool, significant things happened. And I was Pretty much game the whole time.
2: I was going to give this for an enthusiastic four stars until our guest brought up just what that scene was really. What's just what you know how Envy just couldn't live in this world, <laughs> <laughs> and that's got a. It's just bumped it up to a solid five stars for me.
3: Um, I going to give it a four because Pobody's nerfed, but um, I don't know I feel like I should be generous and just give it five stars to me it really like I said sums up a lot of key co- it's, it's a lot of just good full metal alchemist it has a lot of heart there's alchemy there's good fighting you know like all, all my friends are here you know so um, I, I will give it a five I will give it a five
0: you're all cowards <laughs> <laughs> and now we're coming up to the end of this week's episode which means it's time for me to thank our guests for coming emma thank you so much it's been a pleasure having you here
3: you are so welcome thank you for having me on
0: folks please check out emma's video full Metal alchemist called full Metal alchemist your comfort character did a war crime we are going to link it in the description below where else can people find you emma
3: um you can find me on twitter at hyenas and and like i said you can also check out my videos they should be at youtube.com slash c hyenas I also have a Patreon going, so if you watch all my videos and you're like, oh, want to support this person, then $2 a month gets you early access to videos and sneak peeks at the current video I'm working on. I used to blab nonstop up my videos, but now I'm trying to increase my patronage so I can't talk about the next video. It's a secret unless you subscribe. Ooh. (laughs) Um, And also check me out on Struggle Session. I'm the anime correspondent on that as well.
0: And before you go, will you please give us your best Full Metal Alchemist, just like the interstitials?
3: Alright. <clears throat> full Metal Alchemist.
0: Excellent, excellent. And if you don't want to do our crimes, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analyst. That's twitter.com slash FM, the word Analyst. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. If possible, leave us a review or recommend the show to a friend. We'd like to thank Sarah Litter for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal-analyst.tumblr.com. But watch out, there are spoilers there. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. You can check out more of her work by following her on Instagram at CamillaStrater. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, you can listen to next, next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash analysts. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Foam Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frosty, everyone.